Hey everybody, what's going on? This is Aaron over at Upchuck Theater. Happy Easter to you, if that means anything to you. Uh, just figured I'd get an off-the-cuff episode in for you guys today. Uh, I kind of have a little bit of a unique theme for it. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with eggs or rabbits, which is a myth, by the way. The Easter Bunny is not real. I had a uh, bunny. I had a white bunny. His name was Lightfoot, and I had him from about the time I was 9 or 10 till about 15. And... Uh, yeah, he never laid eggs. He was white, he was an albino with the pink eyes, and uh, he never laid me an egg. So, the Easter Bunny's not real, kids. Sorry. Um, he was a cool little guy, though. But, uh, yeah, no eggs. Anyways, hope everybody's having a good day. Hope you're with your family, friends, whatever you may be doing, uh, whether this day is important to you or not. Um, want to touch on something that kind of happened today. Um, my buddy on Twitter... Uh, you know, social media is the root of pretty much all evil in the world nowadays, but it does have its uses. And uh, through Twitter, I've met a gentleman. Uh, his name is Paul Mackey. And uh, Paul, you can follow him at PaulMack708 on Twitter. And uh, Paul's one of these guys, I think he would self-proclaim himself as a nut job. And I would be hard-pressed to disagree with him. Uh, basically, he's just He's just this crazy dude who just wants to do film stuff, and he just goes off and he does it. Um, Paul is just—he's got a great personality, great sense of humor, super affable dude. Um, we got to know each other, I think, initially through our uh, join love of football or soccer, as they call it here in America, though I call it football. Of course, I'm a Hull City Tigers supporter, uh, bleed amber and black. And Paul, uh, who was originally from Scotland, but he settled in Newcastle, so he's a Newcastle United supporter. So once we get past that fact and forgive him, he turns out to be a pretty sharp guy. Uh, and he's made three films in three years. Uh, you can follow all of them uh, through his channel as well, and they've all got their own accounts. Uh, the latest one was from last year. It's called Breathe Easy. Uh, I had a chance to be a part of this. Unfortunately, things were just kind of in the way, so I didn't get to contribute um, apart from showing my support. But he had so many people from all over the world, uh, all film scenes, uh, basically their take on what would happen in a post-apocalyptic world. And it's gotten some great reviews, um, and it's just doing really, really well for just this DIY, ultra-micro, super-low-budget, let's-just-get-up-and-do-it kind of thing. So it's really, really cool. I was fortunate enough to work with him very briefly on his first film called Drunks Like Us, um, and you can follow that on Twitter as well or see it. Um, and I was fortunate enough, I filmed a scene uh, here right in Buffalo, just a very quick kind of news blurb kind of thing for the opening. So that was pretty cool. Um, so shout out to Paul. Uh, again, at PaulMax708. He's, he's a crazy dude with a ton of followers on Twitter. He's always active. He's always gearing stuff up. So take a look at him and uh, follow him and follow his exploits. So he did this thing this past week, 10 versus 10. Uh, 10 films versus 10 films. My films versus your films. Your films versus this person's film. And, you know, whoever would win would go on to the next person. So uh, I went up against Jordan Carroll uh, at Jordan Ho 88. Um, and we had our duel. He won the first round, and then we went at it, and then he blew me out of the water. Uh, I was a little surprised. I think he was a little surprised, too. Uh, we thought that it would be closer than it was, but it wasn't. Uh, Jordan uh, is an Evertonian scouser who has a love of films and footy. He's a gamer. 
uh, and a video and film guy, and he also likes Muay Thai. So he's an Evertonian supporter from the Liverpool area, uh, so that makes him okay because we can deal with Everton. We can't deal with Liverpool. And uh, he's, a cool, he's a cool cat too. We've gotten to know each other a little bit just going back and forth with this. Um, but, yeah, so give him a look and give him a follow too. But I thought this was a really neat thing to do, so I just felt that I would riff on this for a minute. Um, so, yeah, so we had these 10 films. Like I said, uh, Jordan had one round one, so I went up against him in round two. Now, what's really interesting about our lists is that we actually have um, one film that's the same, but then we have several films that are basically the same, and you'll see what I mean. So... Uh, his top 10 are The Godfather 2, The Godfather, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Pulp Fiction, Fight Club, Aliens, The Dark Knight, ugh, Heat, Fargo, and Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. My top 10, in more or less order, were Heat, Alien, Witness, The Thing, Blade Runner, Seven, Blue Ruin, The Terminator, and Copland. So... <laughs> So we both have Heat, and of course, anyone that really knows me knows Heat is my favorite movie of all time. Um, Alien is right behind it. Witness is right behind it, too. The Thing and Blade Runner. Those are pretty much my top five that more or less will never change. Um, Heat, Alien, Witness, The Thing, Blade Runner. Those five have been more or less my favorite five forever in a day. Um, and, and that's just the way that's going to be, you know. Seven Blue Ru uh, Blue Ruin, the Terminator, uh, you know, Copland. Um, so those are my my list: three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Of course, I only put nine. So <laughs> so there you go, right out of the gate. Um, but uh, but yeah, so these were my these were my movies against his movies, and he ended up winning. Uh, the duel, uh, basically, it's like if you like one person's uh, retweet, if you like the others. And it was like neck and neck right away. Um, you know, it was like I was actually winning for a few minutes. And then he, uh, you know, he kind of he got close Then I pulled ahead like once or twice again. And then he just kind of flew away with it. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, but, uh, you know, it was really interesting to me how similar our tastes are, but also how different. And I just think that that's kind of neat. Um, we'll talk about Jordan's list first, since I'm talking about him. So he's got the first two Godfathers on there, and Godfather 2 uh, being his first. And I'll assume that those are in order 1 through 10, meaning Godfather 2 is his favorite film of all time. So, you know, Godfather and Godfather 2, they're not for everybody. They're long you know, they're pretty much considered masterpieces, but not everybody likes them. I know Rob, for instance, doesn't have any interest in them. And I'll be honest, I haven't watched any of The Godfathers, and I can't even tell you how long. Um, but I will say that I, I really like all three of them, actually. I think Godfather 3 is underrated. I think it would have been a better movie, and it would have gotten better received if it had been done in, say, 1980 as opposed to 1990. But I think that it's an underrated film, and I think that there are a lot of things about it that work. I think Andy Garcia, it's one of his best performances of all time. Um, you know, and there's a lot worse that you know, Francis Ford Coppola directed, let alone many, many other people. But I would say that Godfather 2 is kind of the penultimate one. Um, I think it's just got a little something else that Godfather doesn't. 
Um, I mean, they're both very good. You know, the stories are epic. Um, but I agree with that. The guy would say Godfather 2 over Godfather. Uh, then he's got Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Brilliant movie. I remember Terminator 2 was probably, I think it was the first R-rated movie I saw in the theater. My dad took me to see it. And it came out, of course, in, what, 92? So I was nine years old, just going on 10, I think. Before, I think it was, came out before my birthday. And uh, he was, he remember he told me, he goes, I wouldn't have taken you to this if I had known how much swearing there was going to be in it. But, uh, you know, it's an epic movie. It's funny, Rob had actually just mentioned that he uh, had just watched that. Last week we were talking about it. He had just watched it on a whim, I think on a Friday night or something like that. And I love Terminator 2. It's a great movie. It still holds up. Yeah, special effects might be a little bit dated 25 years later, but it's not by much. It's not by much. I would tell you that the special effects in this movie are better than the updated Star Wars trilogy with those nonsense extra scenes and all that junk. And to be fair, I wasn't very impressed with The Force Awakens and its special effects either. Um, so, you know, just that's my personal opinion, of course. But just throwing it out there, I think T2 definitely holds up in that way. But it's a great story. It's one of those really great, you know, action, just giant, overwrought, over-the-top action movies. But it's got such a deep story for that kind of thing. Definitely one of Arnold's best performances. Um, you know, Linda Hamilton is just on bang on point and she's gorgeous she's just great she's just great for that part um and ed furlong as a kid is really really good in it too um and robert patrick as the more or less silent villain just with that that miserable frown all the time um it's just such a well done film i can't argue with that uh pulp fiction is his fourth you know tarantino inspired me a lot as a younger man to be a writer and gangster movies or crime dramas, this, that, and the other. And the more that I, I watch Pulp Fiction, the more I see it, you know, and I don't watch it all the time, but I do own it. Um, the more I've watched it over the years, the more I realize that it's a great comedy. It's not really a serious movie at all. It's a tongue-in-cheek comedy. And it's hilarious. It really is. One of Travolta's best, one of Sam Jackson's best, um, Bruce Willis. I mean, all those guys who don't do much of anything that's worth worth salt anymore. Um, and some <laughs> some people would argue never have for the most part. Um, it's just a great movie. It has some killer performances. Great soundtrack as always. You know, it is a movie that really embodies what Tarantino is to a lot of people. I would argue that that's probably the one more than anything else that, of course, people really say that's what he is. For me, my favorite Tarantino is Jackie Brown. Uh, I think it's very underrated, and I think it's probably his least appreciated movie overall. Uh, but I just, I don't know, I just identify with it, probably because it's an Elmore Leonard novel, and I do think that it's a, it's a great translation. Um, but Pulp Fiction's a great, you know, it's a great movie, it is. It's fun, it's hilarious, um, you know, and, and so I, you know, who can argue with that? Then we get to the first one that I think I disagree with Jordan on, uh, Fight Club. And this one, you know, it's one of those things, the book is fabulous. The movie, it's stylish. It's a Fincher movie, so, of course, I'm a huge fan of David Fincher. Um, I don't love the movie, though. I think the movie's actually very vapid and shallow. It looks good. It's one of Brad Pitt's best overall performances. I don't think there's any doubt there. It's a fun movie. You can watch it and enjoy it and this, that, and the other. But I don't think that it really has a lot of substance. Um, I don't know. I think it's a lot of style. 
little substance. And I just know that it's another one. I saw it in the theater, and I was like 15 or 16, and I loved it. And then as I saw it a couple more times, I'm like, meh, you know, it's good. It's not great. And I, uh, yeah, so I wouldn't put that in a list. Um, so that's the first one that I kind of disagree with Jordan on. I get it, and I appreciate it. I'd be curious to see how he feels about it in about 10 years, just as a, you know, just as a thought. Um, his next one is Aliens. Now, this one, and I'm going to say he's got basically three of the greatest sequels of all time. You know, there aren't many sequels out there that are great. There aren't really even a ton of sequels, really, when you think about it. But Godfather 2, T2, and Aliens probably would come to mind to most people as three of the top, I would say, five Maybe some people would put them in 10, but I don't think you go much farther than that. Those are definitely three of the top five or 10 greatest sequels of all time. Um, and Aliens, very different from Alien. I love both of them. Uh, I love them for different reasons. Aliens is a great action movie, um, especially the extended cut, James Cameron's cut, that adds about 20 minutes or so to it. But it flies by. It's not like it's, it's, not like it's just there for the sake of being there. It's a brilliant edit. It's made, it just changes the movie so much. Um, and, uh, you know, Michael Bean, it's one of, uh, you know, obviously Sigourney Weaver, uh, the little girl Newt, who's fabulous. It's one of Bill Paxton's best roles. Um, you know, there's just something special about it. It really is something special about Aliens. Um, you know, the, 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 just the gun battles and the Marines and their, their, uh, their weaponry and Apollon, the sorry, yes, sir, I love the core. Every meal's a banquet. Every paycheck a fortune. It's just brilliant, you know? And just everything about that movie makes me smile. I can watch Aliens anytime. Um, so, you know, that's a very, very good pick as well. Then we get to, then we get to my problem. <laughs> Not with Jordan particularly, but just in general, the Dark Knight. I, yeah, I'm not a huge superhero guy, but I, I love Batman. Always have. You know, I appreciate the idea of a man just pushing himself to the limits, you know, not being able to, you know, not turn back time or shoot lasers out of his eyes or anything like that, but still having that same effect and still being able to do so much. Um, and what they've done with the character over the years. You know, like Superman. I hate Superman. Superman's a bitch. You know, he can turn back time and all this other stuff, and then you throw a rock at him and he dies. No. Sorry. <laughs> but, um, you know, Christopher Nolan and The Dark Knight, um, you know, where he took his source material from, which if I recall correctly is like Frank Miller's Year One, um, which is a great, great book. I just I hate this movie. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I um I hate it. I just I despise this movie. And over the years I've had to I've had to get into it so much with so many people. And I just I don't want to do it anymore because it gets tiresome. But I hate it. I just hate this movie. Um Christian Bale's awful. Christopher Nolan to me makes smart movies for dumb people. Um his early stuff is great following Memento, uh, Insomnia, which I think is one of the best remakes of all time. And I would argue that it's better than the original Stellan Skarsgård. They're very different, but there's something about Insomnia that just hits the mark. Robin Williams, one of Pacino's best 
certainly in the latter half of his career, all that kind of thing. Um, he did The Prestige, which I really, really liked as well. And then we get into the Batman stuff, and I just can't do it. Um, I didn't hate Batman Begins. It was all right. You know, on like a five-star rating, I'd give it like a three. Um, but it just it's just sloppy, and I can't stand what Christian Bale did with the character. It's just not just doesn't do it for me. Um, you know, the fight scenes are sloppy. They totally misuse Scarecrow. Um, you know, and that's of course in the in the first one. Uh, you know, the Dark Knight. Just I can't I can't deal with it. You know, everyone's like, oh, Heath Ledger is so great. No, he wasn't. He just wasn't. People. You know, once you get you get a sense of what he's doing in the first scene when he robs the bank or whatever it is, and he just does the same thing over and over again. Him putting on a him putting on a matron outfit isn't anything special. And it's just not. It's just not a good movie. Um, I remember when I watched it, and I saw it in the theater, and I remember watching it, and I remember saying when they have the Joker in custody and Batman is beating him and he's getting to that point where he's just losing control. And I remember saying, all right, this is really going somewhere. All right, I'm starting to change my mind a little bit. And then the guy has the bomb implanted in him or whatever, and it blows up, and then everything just no, just falls apart. And I just don't care. And uh, I'm not an Aaron Eckhart fan at all, never really have been, but I loved him as Two-Face. And again, I think they wasted that character. Um, Two-Face is almost as interesting as the Joker, to me at least. I mean, again, that's an opinion. But, uh, you know, I just hated it. And what I really hated more than anything was the ending. You know, you've got this fairy of, what, Gotham prisoners, and you've got the fairy of, like, Gotham, Gotham socialites, whatever it is. And, you know, the Joker makes Batman choose, and, of course, he can't choose. And then the big inmate at the end, I'm going to do what you should have done, you know, to the guard, and he throws it in the water and, you know, the, the timer or the detonator or whatever it is. And it's just completely disingenuous to what they've been building Joker up to be throughout this whole movie. You know, Joker, in this movie, Joker is the guy who's always going to get ahead of you because he's willing to do what the good guy won't. Kill, do whatever it is, right? And he's also always leaving himself in out. He's always figuring out a way to win, so by that logic, in this movie, the Joker's going to blow up both ships anyway. But then he leaves it down to human fallibility and humanity. And then, of course, humanity wins out. No, it doesn't, especially not in a place like Gotham City. Come on. Those inmates are going to push that button before the socialites, and the socialites are going to be pushing that button as quick as they can because everybody's a bad guy and everybody's evil and corrupt in Gotham. And it's just terrible. It's completely disingenuous to the story, completely disingenuous to the character. Just, oh, God, I hate that movie. Um, and I'm just not impressed with Nolan as a big-time film director. Um, you know, Inception, awful. Just, what an awful movie. The only interesting thing about that was when they were unlocking what's really going on with DiCaprio's character and him and his wife. Now, see, that would have made an interesting two-hour movie. But instead, we're watching a van sink millimeter by millimeter. No, terrible. Ugh. Ugh. So, got to disagree with you, Cousin Jordan, on that one. Um, Heat is the next one on Cousin Jordan's list. Great movie. Favorite movie of all time. And it's not even a perfect film. 
you know, watching Heat as much as I have over the years, um, it's not a perfect movie. It's probably about 15 minutes too long. Um, you know, one or two points are really, really slow. Um, but I mean, it's just, it, it's an excellent film. It's shot so well, the dialogue, the acting overall, um, the gun scene, the shootout at the bank is one of the best in history. Um, Val Kilmer is just so good. Tom Sizemore, I mean, everybody, you know, um, and I mean, it's just my favorite movie of all time, you know, listening to Michael Mann's commentary, you can actually learn things about acting. If you listen to Michael Mann's commentary on, on heat, uh, which I highly recommend. It's so fascinating. And you know, the real, there's a real guy named Neil McCauley and all that kind of thing. And there's just so much that I could say about heat, but I just, you know, everybody knows about that one. Um, moving on, Fargo, uh, great movie. One of the Coen's best for me, you know, the Coen brothers with me are 50, 50. I like them or I don't like them. Blood simple. Love it. Fargo. Love it. Uh, Miller's crossing. Love it. Uh, you know, Oh brother, we're out though. Couldn't even finish it. So terrible. Burn after reading. Eh, it's all right. Um, big Lebowski. I really like big Lebowski, but it's not a great movie. I think it's very overrated. It's fun and enjoyable, and Jeff Bridges is very special in it. But overall, eh, I think it's I think the cult following uh, brings it up more than the overall real quality of it. It's not a bad movie, but eh. um, you know, and I think the Coen Brothers go that way for a lot of people. You know, you either really love it or you hate it, or you really at least appreciate something about it or you don't. They don't get a lot of in between, which I suppose is a good thing. You know, love it or hate it you know, at least respond to it. Um, but Fargo's a great choice here. Can't argue with that. Uh, his last one is Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, the third film in that series. Couldn't stand Return of the King. I believe it was a different director or a different guy that choreographed all the fight sequences or whatever. And it just dragged on and on and on and on and on for me. Um, not a big Middle Earth guy. Uh, I did enjoy The Fellowship of the Ring quite a bit. I love the two towers. Thought the two towers was fabulous, especially considering it's kind of the middle piece. Um, didn't care for Lord of the Rings, uh, Return of the King. I like the drawings at the end. The drawings are cool, but you got to go through three hours, and it's like it's just supposed to end, and then it doesn't end, and then the hobbits did this, and then it doesn't end, and then the uh, uh, so got to disagree with cousin Jordan there as well. Um, but to be fair, out of his list of ten. There's only two that I outright disagree with and one that I'm, you know, Fight Club, I'm kind of on the fence on. So overall, his list is good. Now, his list beats out mine, which is Heat, Alien, Witness, The Thing, Blade Runner 7, Blue Ruin, The Terminator, and Copland. And so we both have Heat. Um, we, I have Alien. He has Aliens. Uh, I have Seven, which is by Fincher, of course. He has Fight Club. Um, I have Terminator. He has T2. So I think what really ended up happening here, I think that his, and it was funny because Jordan even said, he goes, you know, my list probably kind of sounds like I just kind of like these big, you know, kind of overwrought action movies. And I said, no, it doesn't. Not at all. But I think what really propels him uh, over my list is that all of his movies are very well known. And a couple of mine aren't, or a couple of mine are just definitely older, you know, a little smaller, um, you know, and uh, I think that his blockbusters, you know, Dark Knight, T2, Return of the King, 
I think those probably overtook it, you know, just because of people's senses, sensibilities about those. And, you know, a lot of people like the Dark Knight, and that's totally cool. Um, I just don't. But, uh, you know, so we already touched on heat. You know, for me, Alien's a perfect movie. To me, Alien is basically a perfect movie. Um, the atmosphere, the music, the acting, the writing, the direction, the look, the feel. You know, if you watch Alien on Blu-ray and watch it on a nice TV, the beads of sweat off of the people and the, you know, off the cooling tanks and the water and everything. It's just a perfect movie. You know, there's nothing, there's really no flaws in Alien. And, um, you know, so I like the first one. You know, Cousin Jordan likes Aliens. I like Alien. I like them both, actually. But on my list... You know, Alien made my cut and Aliens made his. Very different movies. You know, Alien is a turn-by-turn slow horror. Aliens is a very well-done story that turns out into, a, you know, a great a great action piece. Um, then we have Witness, uh, 1985, by Peter Weir, uh, Harrison Ford, uh, Kelly McGillis, and a very young Lucas Haas. Uh, as the boy, uh, if you don't know, Witness is about an Amish boy, Lucas Haas, who's in the big city in Philadelphia in the bathroom at the train station, and he witnesses a murder, a police officer who is murdered, uh, and then it ends up being that he's been murdered by two other police officers. And so Harrison Ford is John Book, the uh, detective who's assigned to the case, and when he realizes what's going on, they have to flee back to the Amish country. Uh, He's shot and injured, so he recovers, and he learns about uh, the Amish and their ways. And of course, they're very different from just, you know, everyday Americans, um, you know, with their restrictions and sensibilities. And so it's these two different worlds. And slowly but surely, he and Rachel, the boy's father, or mother, father, the mother, uh, they fall in love with each other. And so it's an action, romance, drama, cop procedural, all in kind of all in one. Um, and it just strikes a chord with me. I don't know. There's something about it. There's something about the writing. To me, it's Harrison Ford's best performance of all time. He just shows a vulnerability and a real humanity that he doesn't show in a lot of other pieces. Um, and this is a very different role for him, too. I'm just very impressed with it from the first time I saw it. And this is a movie I've been watching for the past 25 years. You know, even as a young boy, I watched it. Um, it's just something special about it to me. And uh, I think it's one that maybe not everybody is familiar with anymore. It's 30, it's what, 32 years old? Um, And it's, you know, it's not as big as some of the other ones we've talked about. Highly recommend it. If you do watch it, let me know your thoughts on it, as always. Um, After that, we've got The Thing, John Carpenter's from 1982. By far my favorite John Carpenter of all time. Um, Just such a great movie. I mean, it's just... It's tension. You don't ever really know what's going on or who's been infected. Uh, young Kurt Russell, young Keith David in the Navy, um, you know, and everybody else that's in it is just, you know, all these character parts are just so good, you know, and every turn, you know, you never know exactly who's going to get, you know, chopped up, chomped up, assimilated. Um, you know, even Kurt Russell said they lost track at one point of who was what and what was who and who was the thing and who wasn't. Um, it's another great John Carpenter movie where he has the very, you know, he writes the very minimalist score for it, the location, just everything about it. Um, very typical John Carpenter of his earlier works. Just really love it. And um, 
to me, it just works. It's just my favorite one, and it just always hits me. There's just something. It's another one. It's just something about it. Um, after that, for me, it's Blade Runner, another Harrison Ford. Don't won't really touch too much on this one, as pretty much everybody knows it. Uh, is everybody excited for the sequel? I don't know if I am or not. I can't decide yet. Um, so we'll see what happens. But it was cool. Leon's real incept date was the other day, and uh, so everybody kind of celebrated. Um, you know, Blade Runner, it's just, there's so much mythos behind it. There's so many versions of it and so many things. And, you know, is Deckard a replicant? Is he a human? Um, you know, what's going on? Just, you know, everything about it, the atmosphere, the look, the feel, Deckard's gun, the locations, everything. There's so much about Blade Runner that, you know, you could just go on and on and on for. So we don't have to here. But uh, that's the next one on my list. After that, for me, it's seven. Um, after those first five, it took me a little bit to kind of think about what I really wanted to put here. Oh, and that's right. The tenth one is The Way of the Gun. For some reason, it's not on the image that I saw. Um, but we'll talk about that one, too, then. Seven, for me, is just great in every way, too. It's filmed wonderfully. It's, you know, for me, it's my dark tone. I've always been kind of fascinated with serial killers and just kind of that dark side of humanity, you know, everything, you know, even just Nine Inch Nails being incorporated into the soundtrack, cinematography, the depth of it all, um, you know, great performance by Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth Paltrow, just everything about it, um, you know, it just goes places that not every movie goes, and it's just a really great it's just a great ensemble, and it's just filmed so well. And you never really quite know where it is or what city it's supposed to take place in and all that kind of thing. So there's a lot of kind of vagaries that I think really just enhance, um, you know, everything about what's going on. Uh, and, of course, it's, you know, kind of what really solidified Fincher as a legit guy after the fiasco that was Alien 3, which I also like, which I think is very underrated. Um, watch the restored reworked, remastered version. And I think if you don't care for it, maybe you'll have a different opinion. After that is Blue Ruin. Um, really small film from a couple of years ago starring Macon Blair. Um, it's about a guy, he's kind of homeless, and he gets this newspaper clipping that a guy that killed his mother and father a few years ago, or 20 years ago, something like that, is getting out of jail, so then he kills him. And then it kind of goes on this whole thing about just familial revenge and the cyclical nature of revenge. Um, you don't really know a whole lot about the whys or the wheres or, you know, anything as to what really brought this guy to be become kind of just a bum. Um, but it's just an incredible movie. And what's really interesting, Macon Blair, he's just kind of an average-looking dude. You know, it's so unassuming. And it's just what ends up happening. And everything in this movie is just ugly and nasty. You know, things just, you know, they happen and they happen unexpectedly. And, you know, to the average person, shooting a gun at someone else is not really something that they're used to. And uh, it's just a fabulous movie. It's directed, written and directed by Jeremy uh, Saulnier, um, who also just released Green Room, which is with... Uh, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, and one of Anton Yeltsin's last films. And that was a trip and a half um, about a punk rock band who ends up getting this gig at a white supremacist skinhead club, and then they witness a murder, and then everybody's kind of going after him. It was just it was just a cool little flick, too. Um, but Blue Ruin, it's just something about it. Again, just the way it's shot, 
you know, it's short. It's only like 81 minutes long. Um, it's just so well done, and it's just it's the it just hits every note so right. And I just really, really, um, I just yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. It's one of those movies that didn't really get a lot of uh, you know a lot of looks, but hopefully someone else will take a look at it after hearing this. Um, my list is coming to a close with the Terminator, the original Terminator. Um, again, you know, cousin Jordan has T2. I have the original. It's the same kind of thing with Alien and Aliens. I think that Alien and the Terminator really truly embody a little bit more about what the, the real course of those franchises is supposed to be. You know, the Terminator is about the the struggle between man and the machines it's created and how the indomitable spirit of humanity will never give up. Um, you know, of course, Terminator 2 is also about that, but then they have the help of a machine. So, you know, for me, you know, the Terminator, it's bleakness, it's hopelessness, but the fact that Kyle Reese will never give up, and then, of course, he inspires that in Sarah Connor as well, just works for me. And it's just a low-down, gritty, ugly, nasty-looking movie, too, you know. Um, it's just it's just, it's just, just got that kind of grime and grease to it, and I just love that. Um, but again, you can't go wrong with T2 either. After that, we've got Copland, um, Sylvester Stallone, Robert De Niro, uh, Micheletti Williamson, or no, not Micheletti Williamson, I apologize, the uh, Malik Yoba. That's who it is. Malik Yoba, Harvey Keitel, Robert Patrick. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Uh, Kathy Moriarty. Um, yeah, it's just such a great ensemble film. You know, it's about a little town in New Jersey that's all run by cops, founded by cops. Everybody that lives there is a cop, and they're the most corrupt people you can imagine. And Sylvester Stallone is the sheriff of this town, the sheriff of a town of cops. And, uh, you know, he kind of, he's, you know, he's heavy. He never really, he, he lost the chance at the girl that he loved. You know, he, um, he saved her from drowning and he lost all the hearing in his one ear so he could never actually be a real cop, you know, a big city cop. And so he's kind of stuck here. And then it's just about him deciding to take a stand. It's a great modern kind of urban western um, Stallone is incredible in it. Everybody's incredible in it, you know, but he put on, I believe, he put on like 40 pounds for it. Like he got real heavy, chunky, you know, kind of flabby, which is obviously not what Stallone does, even at 70 years old. Um, he really gave himself away to this film, and it's, it's just so good. Um, it's another one that not a lot of people really maybe know about anymore. Highly recommended. Um, just, yeah, just can't say enough good things about it. And then uh, The Way of the Gun with uh, Ryan Philippi, Benicio Del Toro, uh, James Caan, uh, Tay Diggs, amongst others. And, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, two kind of drifter criminals, Ryan Philippi and Benicio. They kidnap a pregnant girl, uh, Juliette Lewis, uh, who is surrogating the uh, child of a rich man and his uh, much younger wife. Uh, and they kidnap her for money. And it's kind of the humanity between them and how she kind of gets to know them. And, you know, you know, they're still just people, you know. They're people who are after a certain way and are willing to do whatever it takes to get their money. But 
it's just a really neat character study. It's another urban western. Um, just great performances all around. Um, Christopher McQuarrie wrote and directed it, the guy that uh, wrote The Usual Suspects, uh, not Brian Singer, who directed it, of course. And it's just a neat flick. It starts with Sarah Silverman getting bashed in the face, so how can you go wrong there? Um, but the gunplay is good. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of these movies where, you know, a bullet means something, you know, uh, you know, James Conn actually says at one point he meets Benicio to speak, and he fired Benicio's character fires a bullet kind of just out into the ether and says, "Step out." And he says, uh, "You know, James Conn says something basically to the effect of one is hello to his gunplay." More or less, that's not quite the line, but it's characters that know what they're doing and take themselves very seriously, and it's where you know one gunshot is designed to do what it should do. Um, another kind of movie that never really got like a ton of press, but uh, I would definitely recommend that one as well. It always stuck with me, uh, and I've always, you know, always been a fan of it. So, uh, you tell me, folks, which ten do you prefer? Uh, I got beat pretty soundly, thirty-one to twelve, um, but I think everybody involved thought it would be a little bit closer than that, but. Uh, that's okay. Uh, and Cousin Jordan, to be fair, won four rounds. He won all four rounds that he went up against last week. Um, so he's still on a roll. So we'll see how long he can go. So once again, follow my buddy Paul at Paul Mac, P-A-U-L-M-A-C 708. And follow all his craziness and his movies and uh, his general good-naturedness. And also follow Jordan Ho at J-O-R-D-I-N-H-O-88, and uh, see how long Cousin Jordan can keep his uh, reign of film lists going. Uh, So that's it for me, guys. Again, happy Easter. However you practice, preach, whatever you do, wherever you are and whoever you're with, hope you're having a great day. Have a great evening. As always, thanks for listening. Please, please, please like, share, subscribe. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Whether it's through iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean itself, wherever it may be, please follow us. Give us some subscriptions. Um, you know, we've broken 1,100 downloads, which is fantastic. Uh, the only thing that we're really lacking is a little bit more of that kind of presence. You know, we don't have a ton of subscriptions. Facebook page is still floundering a little bit. So any help that you guys can get just with that kind of recognition, those are the kinds of things that when we are hopefully able to start trying to get some sponsorship and stuff like that, that's the kind of thing that they look at and they say, okay, yeah, you guys got a following. So uh, any help is appreciated in that respect. As always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We really enjoy doing this, and uh, we know that at least some of you enjoy listening to it. So please give us comments, send us emails, uh, interact with us through those different avenues. And that's it. Until next time. Thanks, guys.